It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. All right, welcome back. Thank you for stopping by. I'm excited. On the show today, we have the one, the only, Norm Blumenthal. Norm Blumenthal is a lawyer for consumers and workers like you and I, selected as one of the top attorneys in Southern California. Norm was also inducted and recognized as one of America's most trusted lawyers in employment law. Norm Blumenthal, welcome back. Nice to be back, Bert. Uh, So here we are. Uh, We started off, I don't know if you remember, many years ago. Not that many, maybe five, six, something like that. And we were pushing to get the minimum wage up to $10 an hour, which at that point in time, if you have $10 times 40 times 52, that's $20,000 a year. And we're going like, well, you know, if we could do that, uh, we could, uh, people could live on that. Well, now uh, we're way past that. And so the the idea that we have inflation in, in this country is a real thing. Right now, the latest study is is that uh, American workers, on average, are now making uh, seventy thousand dollars a year. So, where where when you take seventy thousand dollars a year and you divide that by uh, fifty-two weeks, um, divided by forty, that's uh, thirty-three dollars an hour. That's what the average worker is getting in this country, uh, which is great. But uh, and we all know that um, that's a big number in terms of uh, the living wage, which is all good. Uh, cost of things, of course, have gone up, and there's 8 million jobs that nobody's taking. Uh, and so you couple that with the fact that um, we have a $31 trillion deficit in this country that we owe uh, for prior problems. And usually deficits go down when you have a a booming economy like we have right now. We have a a growth rate now of around 3% in this country um, per annum, which is, is, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a, it's a huge number. And when you have, when you have a growing economy, you're supposed to pay down the debt. And we haven't paid down any debts since uh, the 90s when Bill Clinton um, raised taxes and was able to balance the budget. I mean, that seems like a crazy thing to talk about, but it happened. Well, we we are in deadlock. We have, and there's, I hate to say it, but there's no real light at the end of the tunnel because the Republicans and the Democrats are talking past each other. You know, on the one hand, the uh, Democrats want to raise taxes um, and try to balance the budget that way. On the other hand, the Republicans want to uh, cut spending and uh, balance the budget that way. And they both talk past each other. I mean, you need a little bit of of each, um, and we could get this thing to work. Uh, But the downside is, just to give you an idea... Um, of how serious this this issue is for the whole country, you know, we can pat ourselves on the back for getting wages up for workers uh, to the point where they are, because I think you and I and everybody else uh, pushing 
employers to pay more uh, work. Yeah, it really does. And couple that with uh, the, the tipping uh, pool, which we'll get to later, but the workers uh, are, are making a, a living wage. So we're right. on average. And, and, and we, you know, that's a great thing. The, the issue is, is that where do we go from here to get our house in order? In the 1940s, uh, back in Argent, Argentina, was on a gold standard. And it had a balanced budget every year, never had a problem. Then the uh, Peronistas came in and started printing money like it was, and th- you know, like you like to say, throwing it out of airplanes. And we did that here during COVID. Uh, we kind of did that. And we, we, uh, we, you know, went deep into the budget deficit with uh, Trump. We put an extra $10 trillion on to the deficit. And Biden's not doing much better. He thought he'd add a trillion dollars this year. He added two. Right. So we have people in charge, and it's it, on both sides, that need to take responsibility. And instead of us talking about the real issues that affect Americans, we're talking about um, how many uh, indictments the president, the ex-president, is going to have, and when he's going to go to jail, and what's going to happen when he's convicted, uh, and he goes to jail, and so it's it's a real mess. And we, I'm afraid that if if Trump got in, we'd have the same situation that uh, happened in Argentina. And if you don't know, in Argentina, their economy is tanked. They have defaulted on their debt many times. They have no real economy. They have no uh, currency. And there, uh, there's nothing really they can do about it because the, they dug a hole so deep um, with uh, crazy spending that they just can't get out of it. And so we are potentially facing that, that situation. And, you know, nobody's talking about that, the fact that the house is on fire as we're sitting on the third floor and the first floor is burning, but it is. And so we're here today to fix it, Bert. How do we fix well, it? Well, and that's a great question because, you know, we've been on this, what do they call it? Fiat currency ever since I think Nixon took us off the gold standard or whoever it was. Uh, yeah. And so look, the, the, the thing that, that you pointed out that a lot of people refuse to grasp is that, you know, uh, under the Trump administration and and then I think under the Biden administration, you know, both sides printed out a bunch of money and you you can either agree with it or disagree with why they did it. Um, You know, I I think that uh, because it's in the past, it doesn't matter. The, The point is, we have this bipartisan inflation, um, and to your point, this distraction of Donald Trump, who really, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether he goes to jail. It doesn't matter whether he goes to, uh, what do you call it, home uh, jail or whatever they call that. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter whether he gets disqualified. The chances, uh, I, I, in one sense, yes, maybe those things matter to an extent, but to your point, 
not to the point where it takes up everybody's thought, right? This is a constant thing that we're seeing Congress battling out. You know, the the, the GOP is trying to do uh, is trying to support Trump to their best of, to their to their best uh, ability, as opposed to both sides coming together and saying, "Hey, we have this inflationary situation. What can we do?" No. What are they doing? They're bickering back and forth. They're taking pot shots at each other. They're trying to embarrass each other by holding up nude photos. They're, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's crazy, but this is where we're at. Instead of them buckling down and saying, what's most important? Well, let's say we have these runaway prices. What can we do there? What can we do, what can we do with our salaries? Uh, what can we do with taxes? No, let's just have this bicker session. Yeah, and, you know, there is a way to fix it. I, if if we could get together and get past Trump, because the frightening thing is if, you know, and the Republicans, to their detriment, they think it's a joke. They they still want to vote for Trump. They want to b- burn the house. Hey, the first floor is on fire. Let's bring in some gasoline. I mean, right. you have to get, they have to get past Trump. Now, assuming that, that we're, we're not going to have him as a, our president, and I, I don't expect we'll have him as the nominee. I, I don't think he's going to get on the ballot because of, of what he, how he participated in the in, insurrection. But let's assume he's not around, and they can come up with somebody who's more of a centrist. And the uh, Democrats are in danger, too. If they have Biden and he's not a centrist, uh, you know, the, the Republican can get elected. Now, what would they do? And here's here's let's talk about how to solve this problem. We all get paychecks, and on our paychecks, we of course have the net that we spend, and we have the government taking out whatever it takes out for withholding, and it also takes out what's called payroll taxes, which goes to Medicare and uh, and Social Security. Now the payroll taxes are 50-50 uh, by payroll tax. As an employer, I pay seven and a half percent. As an employee, I pay seven and a half percent. So, for my salary, I pay fifteen percent. Let's say that we we increase that across the board for both sides. The employer side goes up an, an amount. The employee side goes up amount. We're not going to miss it. Is what I'm saying is, and it's not something that you ever put into your pocket because it never goes there. But what it does is it gives all this additional revenue to Medicare and Social Security and it makes them solvent and they won't have to be loaning the money to the government, which they do, no one talks about, and it becomes solvent. So that solves the the entitlement program where we are. Then at, at that point in time, you you have to cut spending, and the place to cut it uh, is is either across the board or in the military. I mean, either you're going to cut it and say we're going to cut spending X percent across the board, military, entitlements, uh, discretionary, and everybody's going to have to live with with the hurt in terms of what the government spends. And uh, and act accordingly, but it it doesn't affect the employee and employer because we've already dealt with them 
when we uh, raise their taxes. It just deals with how the federal government's going to spend what it has. But at the end of the day, the, the budget going forward has to be balanced. And once we can say that we have $31 trillion in debt and no more, then we can say, okay, we'll grow out of that debt and we'll start to, at some point, pay it down in good times. But we have to, government has to be responsible. And all we, we, there's no responsibility. Everybody plays the blame game in Washington, and we're going to end up like Argentina. Sure, sure. And, 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 and by the way, the easiest way to hold these people accountable, it's a two-step, in my opinion, this is a two-step process. First of all, you can reach out by email to your representative and say, hey, you guys need to do this or that, right? I mean, just hold them accountable. Send them an email and say, we need you to do this, or you promised to do this and you haven't done it. And if you don't fix this, then I'm not going to vote for you a second time. I'm not going to vote for you your next term. And so step one is you put them on notice. You let them know these are the things that is important to you and that if they're not taken care of, then I'm not going to vote for you. And then the second step is don't vote for them. Get somebody else in. We can hold our people accountable, but I think, Norm, a lot of people are just tired. They're tired of the same-o, same-o. Right. And all we have to say is, you, you can make it one sentence, balance the budget or, or get out of office. Yeah. And so that, that's, that should be the, the calling card. How they do it, I just laid out the plan, and they can do it my way or they can do it another way. But it, there has to be give and take. There has to be additional taxes, and there has to be lower spending. It can't be uh, the Republicans say, oh, you have to lower the, the spending, and the Democrats say you have to raise the taxes, and they never meet in the middle. And so it's got to be a little bit, bit of pain on both sides of the equation. And if you do that, that will also cure inflation by taking – it takes money out of the economy. And so that helps the Fed – in, in what they have to do, and they they can then reduce interest rates again once they get inflation down to two percent. They can then you know help the economy and, get, and create some stimulus that they can do, but they can't do it during times of inflation, and no one's going to be able to do it if we don't get a, uh, a budget out of Congress that's balanced. And right, we got to be able to do that. So. When you write your congressman, just say, balance the budget or get out of office. Right. And and so every, everybody needs to know that both Democrats and Republicans. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the easiest ways to get money back into the budget is to stop all the corporate welfare. You're looking at the richest companies, companies that are owned by Vanguard and BlackRock and the Koch brothers, uh, companies like Walmart. Google, uh, the dairy industry, the beef industry, the corn industry, the sugar industry, all of these companies get billions and billions of dollars in corporate welfare. We're talking billion-dollar companies that are making billion dollars in profits are getting corporate welfare. That right there 
would take a big chunk, put it back into the budget. Right, and you know this is this this is exactly right. This as far as the uh, uh, cutting entitlements, it's not just entitlements for Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. People, all the Republicans want to jump all over that. You know, I'm not using my money to pay for your medical expenses, but guess what? They're using your money to pay for all these entitlements that the oil companies get, the oil depletion allowance, and the uh, and all the other our agriculture. Everybody else gets. There's all of them. So, across the board, you start out with a number and say, "This is what the amount of money we have to spend, and this is the amount everybody is going to have to suffer." Take the depletion allowance down 10%. Take the agricultural surplus allowance down 10%. Take it across the board. But you gotta, we got to start somewhere where government is, is cutting its spending. And, you know, hiring more IRS agents to be able to, to try to find money, it, it takes years and years to go through tax court to, to collect on any of this. So it, that's just pie-in-the-sky nonsense. You know, the, the money, don't spend the money, cut it. You've got to cut spending. You can't go out in here and say we're going to spend more to do nothing which we already do nothing on. But you're 100% right. No one is immune to the cuts. It's across the board. And everybody says, you know, I run the State Department. State Department's got to live on 10% less. You know, I run defense. Defense has to live on 10% less. And let them figure out where they're going to cut. And, you know, and, and the agricultural and education across the board. And that will be the, that part. And then you just raise the payroll taxes, and that will be that part. And between the two of them, we should be on our way to getting close to not be having a, a, a budget that's out of balance. Everybody in their house has to balance their budget. Uh, and so and you get too much debt, you see what happens, you end up, and uh, you can't meet your debt. And that's what happens individually, and that's what's happening to this country. The country can continue to do it, but at the end of the day, we'll end up being Argentina. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look. Uh, I, I think that uh, Mr. Ray Dalio, uh, who is a very uh, successful hedge fund manager, uh, he has done a deep dive into our economy. It's on YouTube, uh, and, and he talks exactly about uh, what you brought up, right? And he mentions Argentina, and he and he's comparing all of these great empires what happened to them economically and how they went from being the top dog to completely being wiped off the face of the earth. And, and he does this comparison and it's very, very striking. It, 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 it will, um, it will blow your mind. The analogy that uh, he uses and it, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very eye opening. Yeah, and you know, the hard part is is we have to get past Trump. The Republicans just have to get past him and say that, you know, if he came in, you know, Trump's plan with all his business from his previous business experiences, and he talked about it when he was in office. Well, if you aren't going to pass the, uh, a budget, 
I'll just default, have the government default on its debt. Can you only imagine what that would do? That would be the beginning of the end of the United States as, as the uh, fiat currency, in which case everybody will be jumping out of, of dollars and uh, into other currency. And so this is what we're facing. I mean, this is serious. And do you think Trump cares? No. He, he had, all he cares about is himself. And all these people that support him, it, it's a big joke. You know, oh, hey, we're going to be a rebel, and we're going to put a rebel in the White House. And what's he going to do? He's going to destroy the country. That's what he's going to do. And he's going to make everything get, uh, get even with people who got to him. So why would anybody vote for him ever? You, right, know, you, saw, right. you, saw, you saw a stage with the people with – and there were responsible people. I'm not going to – you know, pick any one or choose, but they had some sense of responsibility. And the Republicans need to sit down and say, hey, uh, who am I going to pick with this group and just get past Trump? I mean, they really need to do it. And if if Biden's not somebody that the, uh, the Democrats want in, then get past Biden, put somebody else up. So there's got to be movement there because I... You know, Biden is, is an old-line Democrat, and he's he done a great job for labor. He's done a great job for employees, but he hasn't done a great job in getting this budget balanced. He's done nothing to uh, to bring it into balance, uh, either, you know, attempting to raise taxes or cut spending. You know, he's spend, 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 and uh, and tax. But you got you you got to end up cut spending and uh, you got to raise taxes and that's what no one's doing. So I'm not you know we've got to the point uh, where we've got the wages up. We've got p- employers having to pay a living wage to our employees on average, which is a wonderful thing. And uh, we should all in this country be happy that our we can offer. A living wage to our employees, and uh, but we got to be able to put our this country on strong financial footing. Absolutely, absolutely. So I want to talk about this. This is something else that you had sent me, and I think this is this is something that I don't know about you, but it bothers me. It's it's gotten out of hand, and that is uh, the tipping culture here in in America. It is just it's like a new tax. <laughs> This, this is the, uh, you know, you could call this the, the tax or the payroll tax that's no longer <laughs> hidden. I, what ends up happening is the people I talk to who uh, run these uh, uh, coffee shops and uh, where, it's, you know, you can't buy a cup of coffee without having a 20% tax. Uh, uh, but basically, they, it's, it's built into their wage. And, you know, because it all goes on computer, and so they all split it up at, at the end of the, of the day as part of the tipping pool. And so when I, we talk about average salary being, you know, 68000 now, that's a big part of it. These baristas are, are making, you know, 20 21-plus uh, dollars as, as a base pay plus the tips. And it's, it is part of our culture. We've always been a... A tipping culture. Uh, Europe is not. Um, I don't think anybody is is, is like we are. I'm certainly uh, Asia is not. I mean, it's an anomaly that we we've lived with 
uh, and it's 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 interesting. It's uh, you know it's kind of personal between people uh, tipping and not not tipping, and it's um, you, I personally uh, believe in in the culture because I puts more money in the hands of employees. So from what I like to see, I mean, if I can move money, and you know, I've always been in in this position is. I want to move money if, you know, if it takes a tip on a cup of coffee from a millionaire to move some more of his money, I'm all for it. Uh, and I don't think the employees care. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, they want the money. But I don't think they look at anybody and say, oh, that's a, that's a no tipper or that's a big tipper. I, I, I mean, I think that everybody gets the, the same service, is my thinking. So... I mean, you know, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but if if it uh, if it buys better service overall, that's why I'm for it because overall, so you know, you're you're it's moving money, Bert. So that's right. you know, if if I can move money, it's just another way to move more money and across the board, um, it gets more money out of the hands that uh, people that can certainly afford it, uh, and people that can't afford it shouldn't tip. I mean, there's no no law, but if you can afford it and you you want to be generous with what you have and you got more than than you ever bargained for, and this is the chance to to move it um, in the system, I'm for it. I mean, I I I think that that's the re- and I'm really for it because at the end of the day, if if it doesn't happen. Then government's going to be have more responsibility for these these people at the lower end, because the tipping money, I mean, we're not talking about tipping millionaires. <laughs> Let's put it that way. We're tipping at the low end of of the equation on the average uh, salary. The sixty seventy thousand dollars salary is an average one. There's people there that still are on the low end, and this help brings them up. So anything that that can bring a uh, a low end uh, person's uh, take home up, I'm all for it. And anything that can move money, more money out of people that um, have have it, I'm all for that too. Well, you're a you're a very generous man. I uh, I don't mind tipping. <laughs> I don't mind tipping. Look, if I go at a restaurant, the service is good. I don't mind tipping. Uh, I do have a problem when I go to the store and buy a, uh, I don't know, let's say a, a, a pint of milk or I'm picking up uh, something uh, and, you know, I don't know, a loaf of bread and there's a tip jar. And, you know, they're not doing anything for the tip. They're just behind the register taking my money. I'm sorry, you're not doing anything to earn the tip. but to your point you're right you know these tips aren't going to millionaires and you hope that they're going to these uh, these working class tips these guys that are making you know 16 17 dollars an hour uh so i do see some value in what you say but i do think that tip where when when it's appropriate absolutely but I think now it's like you turn around, everybody's asking for a tip. Yeah, it, 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 it's across the board. And I, I just feel like, look, if we can 
you know, velocity of money. We've always talked about that. The more yeah. money we can move, the stronger the economy is going to be. So when you tip, you can't you you can't look at it as it's, that it's value for services. What it is, it's the increase in velocity of money that ultimately will put more money in your pocket because other people who have to spend it, because every penny that you give on a tip to those persons, I guarantee you they're living paycheck to paycheck. So they'll be spending every penny of it. And so it's just more of it in the hands of persons that might buy um, your product. If you know, if you're in a whatever you're selling or whatever your company you're working for, if you're working for an auto manufacturer and you're on the line, there's no tips for for uh, for manuf- uh, people in those businesses. So, but how do they make more money by having their salaries increased? And how are their salaries increased because more people are buying cars? You know, we we go down the line, but I think it's just it's a velocity question. And I think as a velocity question, I think it's a good thing always to put more more money in the hands of people that don't have it. I mean, there's arguments for the um, um, living wages where every family gets a check, uh, regardless of whether anybody's working in it or not. Now, that's a little radical. I'm not in favor of that, but that's, that's the concept. Because uh, you know, uh, to do that, it's got to come from somewhere. So someone's going to have to pay a tax. And, and, you know, tipping now, because it's electronic, the employee is paying taxes on that tipped money. It's it's not, you know, a, a gross sum. It goes right. into their paycheck, and they pay payroll taxes on it, and the employer pays payroll taxes on it. So it's it's more just another way to put more money into the system. Sounds good, Norm. I like I like uh, your, where you're coming from on that. Uh, we're out of time, but I look forward to speaking with you soon. Yeah, stay tuned. We're going to have an interesting election year coming up, and uh, hopefully um, we'll, uh, we'll have these budget hearings are coming up also. Hopefully people start talking about how can we get together to get on the track to balance our budget, because I don't, I don't want this country to end up where Argentina ended up. Absolutely. And again, it's very simple. You reach out to your representative and you simply say, balance the budget or get out. Very simple, very easy to do. Everybody here can do it. Let's share this episode with everyone. Let's get our balanced. Let's get our budget balanced. Norm, thank you so much for stopping by. All right, Bert. Take care. Good stuff there from Norma Blumenthal. What do you think about balancing the budget? Is it important to you? Do you think it's important for America? Please, let's share this episode with everyone you know. Remember, you. It's time for Money for Lunch. Wrong one. Remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.